Hey, good morning, folks. It's uh, 9.25, a little bit late in the morning. But I have an excuse. It was 45 degrees Fahrenheit, 45. Way too cold for Arizona. And uh, so I'm layered. I had to layer up. This is Buddy's owner in the Arizona Schnoodle Walks. And we're going to get ready to go for a walk. Right, Bud? Bud's excited. His hair's getting nice and long. He's going to be really cuddly and he's going to have a lot of excitement tomorrow with thanksgiving so happy thanksgiving to all of you and uh may your preparations go well so i i'm uh i might be a poster child for distractions or i don't want to i don't want to embrace the add label i don't want to embrace any labels because we're human beings. You're a hero. We're all heroes. We have our challenges. Yeah, we have our challenges. So, what's going on? It's, uh, <clears throat> it's uh, overcast morning. There's some interesting shapes in the sky. Kind of not exactly clouds, but yeah, they're technically clouds and they're uh, different formations are not the, I think, they, I think the term is cumulus crowd, clouds. They're not those. But we got something in the sky today. So distractions. I, I, uh, I responded to a Facebook post. And, and I intended it to be encouraging. I think it is being encouraging. But it, it's so... Social media commenting. I mean, here, listen to this podcast where there's a little more communication going on because you have tone of voice, you get tempo, you get uh, you get a little bit more information. It's actually probably easier to communicate through a podcast than it is through blogging posts, putting up posts, putting up words. So, and the reason I say that is because I'm I'm probably the worst offender of this but i mean i just read i can read into words i'm like well what does that mean you know i'm like what are you trying to say and that's why i get um you know as a whole distribution curve again of people like will read something and how do they start processing the information and exposure to media right so that and that's where distraction comes in is i have to watch I'm starting to notice I need to watch my uh, consumption of news stories. And with this this explosion of information, and, and we call it news information, um, our brains get hijacked into thinking this other stuff. And it's like, what are we here to do? What are you here to do? And uh, thanks for taking a pause while we walk the dog here and uh, recharge. So how can, what kind of value can I add to your, your day, your recharging day? So I'm just sharing what I notice. So this is, this is a distraction that happens to me. I see a Facebook post. I read it. It was a quote from the old Testament and a little bit of uh, chastisement, but again, you can pull, and I'm not critical of the person. My heart goes out to them because they're asking, like, do we relate to this? 
and I do relate to it, but I relate to it in a little different way. Um, not in an argumentative way, but I just wanted to be helpful and point out that um, some of the things in the Old Testament, they're like, if you think of them as like a snapshot in time, that uh, for me, and I think everybody receives messages and interprets them differently. And I'm noticing about myself as my habit of interpreting is a little different than probably very different than others. And it actually doesn't help me um, because I'll personalize or internalize a message like, oh, is that meant for me personally? Or are you speaking to me? And whether it's a tweet or anything, if I personalize every damn thing, then uh, I get emotional, right? That triggers a reaction because I'm choosing to believe that the message is for me. May not be for me, right? <laughs> but, but it's kind of hard not to. With Twitter, people just throw stuff out or Facebook. It just goes out into the world. And I guess I'm commenting on the obvious, but I don't think we think about it, right? I mean, I'm commenting on obvious things <clears throat> when you think about it. But I guess we don't really think that much, do we? We just kind of get into a routine. So, and then I sat down to have a little bit of a breakfast before I walk bud. And you could say it was a mistake, but it's just what happened, right? I just put the news on. So now I'm being distracted by the opioid crisis, which is certainly a crisis. But again, do we need to broadcast? It's like we broadcast everything now. <laughs> everything gets broadcasted, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, our fellow, there's, I guess, 400,000 people have died in 20 years, which I actually think, I mean, if you do the math, that's only 20,000 a year. I actually think anyone would expect that more recently there's more deaths because I thought it was up in the 70,000s just in the past year. So it's actually getting more frequent, and I don't really have any personal experience with opioid crisis. So I have no personal experience. So do I? Am I? Am I obligated to understand it? I mean, do I need to? You know, I just fortunately I was like I knew that. Okay, I got stuff to do. I can't sit here and listen about opioid crisis for for uh, 15 minutes, you know, and, and, and then challenge my brain to decide, well, what's the right course of action, right? <laughs> why does it, why should what I think is a course of action matter, right? I don't, I don't know enough. Just admit, I don't know enough. And maybe, you know, maybe that's, ha maybe uh, you're, maybe you listening, maybe you have had personal experience with opioid crisis. And so you probably have a different opinion about it. And that's great. You should have, you know, and I'm not going to die. What? Since I have zero experience with it, other than maybe tangentially, I could argue that uh, people in my family have had medical situations, like even my grandson, surgery. He probably got some kind of painkiller opioid to go with his heart surgery, right? And, uh, you know, there's a danger, I guess, that. A 12-week-old dude is going to get addicted, and, and part of his suffering might be 
having to deal with the pain or the going off the medication for his heart surgery. Pain meds, I don't know how that's going to go. But he's only 12 weeks old, so he's not going to be able to drive down the street and buy some <clears throat> a black market, let's say, drugs to keep his habit going because he's only 12 weeks old. So. There you go. But I, so I do have tangential experience with it, but definitely not a dramatic experience such as like a cousin or somebody overdosed on something. And, and uh, those are very sad situations. But because it's in the media, it's on TV, we all get exposed to it. And uh, I guess we can keep our eyes out for it. What else? So someone commented on Facebook as well that they're in Leipzig, Germany. So obviously that gets my attention. And they went to what they call a Weinox Mart, which is a Christmas market. And her comment was uh, a sad comment of something that was on display. And so I can only imagine that you know, maybe some of the stuff being sold was distasteful or didn't fit the season so then my brain goes around you know I, I and it's like I, I'm not I, again I validate the person's feelings right so they're the one there they're the one observing they see something they have an experience and they're just sharing it and so I, this is kind of like a emotional personal growth thing for me which is like I don't need to argue about it right <laughs> so that's where my my personal growth is comes in. I don't have to defend it. I don't have to do it. I just listen, and I and I so I gave feedback like that, like I was listening. I was like, oh, that's. I could see how that might happen. You know, you might. I mean, I had a hypothesis that, you know, then I go off. I do kind. Of, it's not that I'm arguing, but I kind of explain it a little bit, or, or I'm hypothesizing a a reason for something, right? Which is. My thoughts is Leipzig's in the in the center, the bowels of former East Germany, and I, I just have a sneaking suspicion that they were pretty, pretty uh, pro-communist to the point where they stomped out religion. I don't think all parts of former East Germany were like that, but there was a pretty strong. I mean, basically, communism is essentially atheism in many ways. I mean. They, you know, it's, they're really not that compatible. I don't even know if there's a compatible. I mean, I'm not, I'm not claiming that I've studied the subject, but I think the general consensus is that they don't respect communism. Doesn't really respect the concept of God because they take the power so that they can provide for people. So almost at its core foundation, communism is atheistic because there's no acknowledgement that there's blessings from God, you know, and maybe those blessings are unequal and maybe we should just deal with it <laughs> instead of trying to fix everything. Is there a deep message there? I talked about that before, how much I love income inequality. And then, you know, you can get the micro situations, you know, where 
course, it's not right to have Susie Burger Flipper getting made $1 less than Bobby Burger Flipper. But uh, Susie doesn't have to stay there. She should get her extra buck. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have to argue about it. And I'm sure Susie Burger Flipper is probably getting the exact same pay as Bobby Burger Flipper at this point. Because, you know, the burger companies just aren't that stupid, you know. So then we move on. Yeah, we move on. So Leipzig, the Christmas market. So yeah, I just my theory was that the they had fifty years of probably an atheistic Christmas market, whatever that would whatever that would look like. It's probably doesn't sound like very pleasant, right? So you might as well not even have one. I don't even know. Maybe they didn't have one. Or maybe I met I met one Leipziger. This is probably based on my part of my opinions based on it. It's like there's a day in, I think it's November that they have Reformations Day and uh, about Martin Luther and Reformation. And so the whole country celebrates it. But the East Germans changed it. They want to have the day off, right? Because we're communists, gotta have a day off. And um, so uh, we'll take the day off and we're going to call it Father's Day. So it became Father's Day instead of Reformation Day. So that's how I kind of got a feeling that the uh, East Germans kind of didn't, uh, they lost a lot of interest in faith and religious things, at least at the institutional level. And that's one of the problems, like even the French Revolution. I'm jumping from Leipzig to the French Revolution. I, and I can make a connection. Uh, I, I didn't think, I, I already, I don't know if that's the real connection, but the real connection is church and state. But I could say that Napoleon got his butt kicked in Leipzig and say, yeah, that's the French there. So <clears throat> the French connection to Leipzig. But really, it's about church and state separation. So the uh, European countries traditionally are a little more churchy, state connected. They have been. So when the state goes atheistic, communism style, kind of like kills the, uh, the state run churches, right? So there you go. And I'm not commenting right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the way it is. And uh, so in the French Revolution, apparently the clergy were really tight with the monarchy. And so they tried, the religious people got lumped in with the government because they were so tight that they actually did a lot of uh, massacring of the priests, the Roman Catholic priests in France because they were associated with the monarchy. So yeah, French Revolution is pretty brutal. Yeah. And I don't really, haven't really studied it. And that gets into bandwidth, right? So um, how much stuff do we need to know? And that's why I love Paul's 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, there was less stuff to know when Paul was around. <laughs> yeah, right? Less stuff for Paul to know about because he thought the earth was flat probably um 
and uh, he, even he would say, like, well, knowledge, if he has all knowledge and all wisdom, it's nothing without love, right? So love. So this is kind of like the love podcast. Do you feel the love, heroes? All you heroes out there, you should feel the love. Yeah, some guy in Arizona walking his dog tells you that you are loved. Yeah. Try to hold on to that for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. So what else What else popped in my head? Elf the movie. So Christmas movies are out. Elf. We're going from Leipzig to the French Revolution to, to Elf. Okay. And drinking soda. A whole liter, I think, of Coke is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> and... I mentioned that my wife recorded it and then she confessed this morning that she already, oh, I already watched part of Elf, like without me, you know, which is okay. And I said, oh, did you see the scene? Is that what he said? I, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but one of my favorite scenes is the uh, sitting at the table drinking a whole liter of Coke and it goes on and on. He's drinking this Coke. And then he belches for a long time. And then after he's done belching, he says, did you hear that? <laughs> did you hear that? And then I, I told my wife this morning, uh, she goes, yeah, that's what he says. Did you hear that? And I'm like, oh, that'd be a great podcast, right? We talked about yesterday, <laughs> 70,000 podcasts, 700,000 podcasts. So now we got seven hundred thousand and one the next podcast that's going to come out is going to be called did you hear that <laughs> there's probably already one out there like that i mean it was seven hundred thousand podcasts right what's the english vocabulary it's, i don't even think it's that big i mean is the english vocabulary oh gosh what do they say maybe two hundred thousand words i don't know you writing people out there probably know this stuff so think about that. Let's say the, the English language has a vocabulary of 200,000 words, but, but we have 700,000 podcasts. That's enough for every word we have. But of course, podcasts are not just one word. So then you do combinations of words like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? That's four words. So if you take now we'll go on to some math. So some of you guys are English people, right? So you love the words and and uh, we all love the words, right? Don't we? So whatever the vocabulary list is, like 200,000 words, now you combine four different words, right? So now the combinations get to be pretty big and there's a mathematical formula to figure it out. And I don't remember what it is, but I think it has, it's like... N factorial um, divided by N minus one factorial, I think. No, it'd be, yeah, so, or N minus the number of words that you're trying to combine, right? So, so if you want to combine four words, it would be N minus four factorial. So, so you do 200,000, right? Let's say there's 200,000 words. It would be 200,000 factorial divided by 
199,996 factorial. Might be 97 factorial. But I'm, it's pretty hard. I'm, I, it should be pretty impressive that I'm doing mathematics walking my dog with nothing. <laughs> so what that means is you take 200,000 times 199,999 times... 199,998. And then you multiply that by 1,999, 980, no, 996, right? So, so you're multiplying four huge numbers and you're just going to get a huge number of possibilities of taking all those words and mixing them in the combination of four, right? So anyways, we have plenty of room for more podcasts. <laughs> so if anyone has not done it or they would like to, what a great podcast title. Did you hear that? Oh, what a great podcast title. And it's kind of like what we're doing here, but I'm just doing the, I'm kind of stubborn and stick with things. Maybe, I, maybe that's a lesson for me. I stick with things too long. But is it really too long or is it just part of my calling is to try to make things work? Really stick with them for a long time. What do they call that? Perseverance, maybe? So that's putting a positive spin on it. And uh, perseverance, stubbornness. What else? There was some other characteristic I was thinking about. Long suffering, long suffering. These great uh, biblical words. Now, and now, when I hear suffering, I think of Victor Frankl's unavoidable suffering. What's my attitude towards unavoidable suffering? So clarity and enjoying the. Uh, Scott Adams' book on loser think. Title is kind of interesting. It's a concept, but you know, and it's a framework, of course. I guess maybe I haven't fully bought into the concept yet of loser think. I mean, I get what he's writing. I enjoy reading his book, and the concepts are pretty good. The naming it, though, I mean, naming it loser think, well, it's not bad. It's not too bad. I forgot what his subtitle is, though, which is not good. I should remember that. It should be meaningful. Uh, what else? It's Wednesday. I've got some chores to do. i got some dishes to do. Uh, most of the people, I'm, I'm looking for the job, right? So what can I do on a day like today? Most people are either getting ready to travel or if they're not already traveling. So this will probably be a pause until next week and see what happens. And, uh, yeah. Oh, there's somebody else walking a dog. The dog walker's out in the dirt, so we're down by the wall. Morning. 
We're going to have a, what's that? Oh, where's that? Are they going to make a path for us to walk out here? Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll either be, we'll, we'll probably be on this side of the wall, I'd imagine. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I hope we can walk on that part of it. That's weird, though. There's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they put the wall a little bit out here, because it looks like a nice path down there with the trees. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll go look at it. Yeah. 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 Okay, thanks. Oh, is it going to rain now? Oh, really? An inch of rain? Oh, wow. Two feet of snow in Flagstaff. Well, I'm just going to stay honker down down here, right? <laughs> All right. So you heard it, folks. It's a full inch of rain. But we're going to have a tough time walking in the rain next couple of days. Yeah, we won't make... This is the uh, equivalent, I guess, of uh, a hurricane in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about a, the dramatics of our weather here. An inch, an inch of rain, my gosh. Oh, man, this is a bit chilly. And two feet of snow and flag. So for those of you in, uh, not from Arizona, it really is a special place. I mean, it's pretty freaky. And, I, and I've been philosophizing. Can you believe that? Me? Philosophizing? So there really weren't that many people in this state less than 100 years ago. And it's just sprouted up. And it's like more and more people discover, like, I mean, it's not the Garden of Eden. You know, don't get me wrong. It's freaking hot here in the summer. But there's some really nice features to this place. And one of which is we don't get floods. I mean, we do get isolated floods that affect maybe 100 people or something. But we not like it affects... Two million people, like Houston flood or something. Um, so yeah, in the, the populated areas, you very rarely get any issues with water. We don't have issues with snow in Phoenix, and we don't have issues with tornadoes or hurricanes. So it's pretty mild here, and it's probably good for the soul. You know? Mild. And so maybe especially for maybe people like maybe who I'm hyper responsive to everything. Hyper responsive. So I need calm. I need desert. <laughs> Helps me get clarity in the desert. So if you happen to be they used to people used to come here because they had asthma, because they couldn't breathe, right? Well you might be able to find that if you get if you have trouble with clarity. 
that, uh, that you will be able to um, do something else. So now I see the wall again. I can see they got the concrete footings here. And so we're not going to be able to walk as close to the wall as I'd like. But maybe we can hop over this wall. I don't know how big this is going to be. Can't really tell. But we'll be able to walk out here. That's good. Cut through. Cut through this thing's not bad. So now I just learned. We're going to have a lot of rain, dude. And tomorrow's Thanksgiving. So this, this podcast can be a good one, too. If you're one of the women that has to slave in the kitchen for hours. And I think my wife read something like it's Thanksgiving dinner is like 10 hours of preparation. You eat for 20 minutes. And then you spend the next five hours cleaning up. <laughs> Talk about labor of love by the women, right? You know, the guys, I don't know what we do. I mean, I guess maybe they have some honey-do list chores or something, but I'm venturing to guess that a lot of the men kind of uh, enjoy sitting around watching football. Hey! <laughs> and, and I do like that. And I guess maybe I should give myself some credit because I... I've been talking about like limiting media inputs, right? So as much as I like football, like I probably, I don't really care to watch tomorrow. You know? I'm kind of, I mean, that's probably the best thing to do with media is my recommendation. I'm still learning it myself, but it's okay to have these interests that are kind of like, seem like not value interests. But if you limit them to a small amount and don't let them, take up too much of your mental capacity and take away from your your calling, your reason for being here. And having said that, made that comment, you actually can incorporate, you know, whatever you do, you know, see if it relates back to, see if you can relate it back to your purpose, your calling, your reason for being here. Now, one thing that's given me a lot of comfort is Viktor Frankl's The Meaning of Life. you got to find meaning in life, but that it changes, you know, it changes. So find meaning, what, what, you're, what you might be battling with now is, um, you, you, you know, we're, every day has heroic elements in it if you want to frame it that way. And I've mentioned that before, like just in a weird way, like uh, walking buddy is a little bit of heroic effort. Um, it's, I have to put on warm clothes now and uh, get out here and do it. So I have to overcome some obstacles. Now, I've systematized it, so that's another thing from Scott Adams. If you can systematize things, 
it's it's a weird i haven't really fully got into the depths of it and i don't think he really explains it much but he's talking about the difference between like setting a goal like ah you know uh i want to walk the dog every day okay that's a goal right but it's really that's not as helpful as i say okay i've got a leash i got bags pick up his poop and uh, I got a harness so he feels good. And I got hanging up here on the wall, the system to it, I hang the leash up there. And now I've decided to podcast while I'm doing it. So that's something I enjoy to do while walking the dog. So now it's systematized in a way. I mean, this is my, my system. I get the butt out, I look forward to it, I got the AirPods. AirPod, right? I guess these are AirPod Pros. And uh, yeah, so I'm systematized dog walking. And I'm kind of multitasking too, right? I'm, I'm like multiple, multiple tasking. So I'm getting clarity on my message. I'm enjoying the dog walk, but I get something out of it. You get something out of it because you're a hero. And you need to be reminded that you're a hero, right? Maybe I'm overdoing it. <laughs> do I have do I have an internal sense that I'm overdoing that? Maybe. Maybe it's not as good as your sense, but you can't speak to me, so there you go. You're stuck with my my internal measurement system of whether the hero is too much or not enough. So I um, this story brand, a build a story brand framework is really kind of fun. And um, I was looking at it, listening to, there, there was some word that I, I was working out yesterday, listening either to myself or, or some other podcast. So I am doing some quality, quality control. I don't know if that's the right word. I guess I'm listening to myself to see how crazy it is, which is not, I'm not the best measure of um, as you would expect. So, but I do listen. Then I kind of, uh, maybe I'm telling jokes to myself and I, I think they're funny. But of course, some comedians say like, you can't, if you don't think it's funny, the audience won't think it's funny. So there you go. You got that working for me. But, um, I was trying to figure out some, there was some word I wanted to translate into Latin because I got this little weird bug of like liking things in Latin. And I don't know if that's sarcasm, but like the six sola. So like the, if you're, you're probably not deep into theology and I'm not either, I'm a dabbler in this stuff, but there's these five solas and I'm like, well, it's time for a sixth. We've had five for 500 years, so I want to roll out the six sola here. And they're all in Latin, right? So there's like sola fide, which is by faith alone, and sola scriptura, which is by scripture alone. So I had to come up with sola spiritu ambulatio, which is, um, I'm really much better at uh, rolling that baby off my tongue. Sola Spiritu ambulatio, which is we need to walk in the spirit. <laughs> and that's Latin. So it's a little bit sarcastic stuff. So anyways, I like, 
I like, uh, as long as we're on the Latin theme, uh, I like, I like utilizing that. But it's also a poke, a poke at the intellectia, no, intelligentsia or something. And, uh, and the anti-right type of people or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, there was some I was listening to at the gym yesterday. I'm like, oh, I got to I got to I got to I love that phrase. And now I can't remember what the phrase is. I can't remember it in English, but I, there was something I heard that I thought I need to Latinize that baby. But what I'd made the mistake was I've got an Evernote and I should have immediately put that in my Evernote. But I was overconfident in my memory. So there you go. And and reading Scott Adams too on Loser Think, it's like it's okay to make mistakes. I mean, he's I mean he has some comments in there that are amazing. Like we have such such an overconfident belief in our own thoughts. You know, it's just a psychological discussion. It just it just opens my mind up to things. And it should hopefully make me a kinder person and also stop me from trying to convince people all the time and just go with what I think is right. But I thought that um, that Latin phrase I wanted to translate or the English phrase into Latin, I thought it might have been in a, one of the podcasts I listened to, not mine. So I, I thought, well, let me re-listen to that and see if it pops. So it was a, a sermon from a a church nearby here, which I think the teachers pretty effective. I think the the church has a pretty good uh, approach, you know. But it has a it has one little black slice, and that it's part of a denomination, right? So I've come to learn that I'm I really don't like denominations because I feel like uh, I'm being constrained and that there's a constraining feature on God. So maybe that, maybe this is helpful for me to work this out. And I think, you know, and I'm one of these rare birds because, uh, 99% of the people, whether you're Methodist, Presbyterian, Roman Catholic, Southern Baptist, you know, you're just really comfortable with what you're doing and feel comfortable there. I, on the other hand, am just so critical of the thing, you know, because especially if the denomination gives off an impression like they've got it figured out. And the, the tricky thing is if, if you confront them on it, they'll be like, oh, no, no, we, that that's not true. We We know that, you know, God is bigger than this and that and this and that, you know. And uh, and we know we know that God's not limited to our denomination. But if you want to fellowship with us or be part of our community, you gotta sign up for these things, right? And right, right there is when I'm like, nah, that's not a good thing. I don't like that. And I can't change these denominations. That's not, I'm not called here to do that. 
because I found like it, it just doesn't do me any good to fight against these big machine things. But so like in actuality, I know I'm not perfect either. I have my black slice. I have, I'm not, I don't want people to follow me either. I just, I'm saying I have to transform and there's a humility aspect to all this, which I'm growing in. And, and uh, humility is kind of funny because in that you really, how do you, you can't self-awareness yourself to humility. I mean, if I have, if I'm out on the curve above average on self-awareness, that doesn't make me above average on humility, right? So they're independent variables, as you'd say in mathematics. But um, humility is good. And I think we can grow in it. And it also is a little bit of Scott Adams throw in there about amnesia that, you know, we, when we see our mistakes, when we see our failures, when we say stupid stuff, you know, that's life and we move on. So and as uh, the unicorn I used to work with said that she's got a 30 second rebound, rate. you know, just you make a mistake, you know, don't let it capture your energy for more than 30 seconds. Let it go. And I'm growing in that. I, I'm just saying that's a direction. It's a good direction to go in. So. You may be, you may have, I mean, think about your own rebound rate. When I first heard that, I said like, oh, you have a 30 second rebound rate? Well, I have like a 30 year rebound rate, <laughs> right? So I take it to the extremes, of course. Yeah, there's some things that we're holding on to that we should probably, you know, we're just hurting ourselves. And I think we hold on to them because we want someone to listen to them. That's probably why people go to counselors and, go through that counselors know how to ask the right questions to draw those things out and uh so you may have some real painful experiences in the past that are hard for you to articulate they're painful and you don't know but it's almost like until you get it out you can't really rebound so obviously there's certain things like that you can rebound in 30 seconds or less or even three microseconds. Like, let's say you go to the drive-through at Chick-fil-A and you order two fries, and as you drive away five minutes later, you're like, "Oh, they only gave me one fry." Well, you might. I mean, some people won't have a 30-second rebound rate on that. Even they'll, they'll have a 30-minute rebound rate. There was probably a time in my life where uh, I would uh, be so upset about being given only two bags of fries that I would like Google the store, call them up and, you know, tell, give them a piece of my, my mind. <laughs> right. Right. Now that is that, does that help anyone? No, they, they didn't even know that they made the mistake. Right. Or they might even know, but then they like, they have an extra bag of fries sitting on the counter and they're like, Oh damn, I should have put it in that guy's bag. And it's like, it's over with man. It's a bag of fries. So can I rebound rate on that quickly? Yeah, that's good. But okay, so there's some things you don't rebound rate, maybe 30 years rebound rate. 
And uh, how decisive are we? Like sometimes you may, the brain is a funny thing, right? You may think in the moment you've rebounded right from it. And you think, okay, I got it. I'm not, I'm over it. But then it comes back again. There's certain, you know, obviously it's not French fries, getting stiffed a bag of French fries, but other things in your life might um, trip us up from free freedom. What I what does freedom mean? I mean, just having a peace. And uh, yeah, framing it. Frame it. So, Bud, what are we going to do? Are we almost home, Bud? You like this natural grass out here? What are you doing? And I haven't really given a lot of attention to Bud on these walks. On the one hand, I do. But I look at Bud, I'm like, well, what goes on in that guy's head? You know, he's a dog. He's, uh, he's got his energy. He wants to walk. He's really happy. Gives you a sad look when he wants to go outside for a walk. It's like, can we go for a walk now? Come on. And he's a dog. He's a dog. What do we learn from the dog? I don't know. He's pretty happy. <laughs> and uh, so we're moving again. So what else? What do we want to go to next? Um, loser think. Processing. Journaling. Morning. Oh, hi. Haven't seen you in a long time. So here comes a car. Oh, I'm doing the job search thing again. Oh, really? Yeah. Good to see you. Happy Thanksgiving. All hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Thanksgiving to you. Yeah. Everything going okay? Yeah, it's all right. I'm learning how to deal with these things, you know. How's your wife? Um, she's um in a pretty good spot. I mean, she does a scan on her cancer. Uh, she did that like eight weeks ago and it was good. And so she'll probably have another one in four months. So it's, you know, it's, uh, you got to just keep watching. Hey, bud. Oh, pancreatic. April. So it's been six months. Oh, wow. Oh, is that chemo? Is that like Steve Jobs type thing? Is that what he had? Steve Jobs? No. He's the Apple computer guy. The yeah, guy. no, no, I know yeah. Steve Jobs. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, know I, think he, I think he had pancreatic cancer. Oh, yeah. 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 But you mentioned liver, so that's a combination thing, right? His liver. Um, so that's not, so that's tough. Yeah, no, it's, it's been really hard. We, you know, he wanted to go and visit his, his family, so we made a quick visit to uh, Libya and that. Oh, okay. How is your son doing? I'm good. He's over at ASU now and, uh, oh, in an apartment. So that's good for him. Okay, good. Good. And, uh, well, you look great. Well, I can't, you know, I have to exercise. So I go to the gym. I started that about a year and a half yeah. ago yeah. and it makes a big difference to oh, go yeah. lift weights, yeah. have something scheduled to do. Definitely. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, I can, uh, it's, uh, it's been helpful for me. I enjoy Wonderful. it. Wonderful. So you're, and, and so then the cancer, we got, uh, chemo for another month or two or then you kind of take a break and see how it goes uh, um i think it's probably going to be an ongoing Ongo thing. okay so it's uh we chose not to be so aggressive with chemo oh okay but it's been it's been stagnant so far that hasn't really been any 
And when when did you go to Libya? Just a couple of months ago, or last month? Yeah. And how that was a good trip? Yeah. Um, it was a very quick trip. Yeah. I mean, nobody right. ever makes a trip to Libya for eight days and back. Yeah. So, okay. And that's exactly what happened. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have do you uh, getting ready for visitors I, tomorrow? I have Yeah. Oh wow! Wow. So you're the the one with the gift of hospitality, <laughs> right? No, all will be staying with us. They've already registered oh. at the hotels. Good. They're, they're coming from Michigan, from California, from Wisconsin, from Mississippi, from yeah. Okay. So, um, and it's all new because they were there. Well, that sounds yeah. You're gonna have like. Forty-eight hours of joy and smiles and happiness, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, a happy Thanksgiving to you. You too. Best regards to you, right? All right. All right. Good to see you. Sure. Bye bye. Yeah. Yep. So, was that that was not a perfect interaction? It was pretty good, but uh, definitely spontaneous. But we're walking in a different neighborhood than we normally have. But uh, kind family, concerned about my wife and things. So all good. They're very uh, family oriented. Now, obviously, with the 70 people over, it's going to be a big feast and a lot of smiles and human contact so there you go yeah okay so there's stuff piled up out here ready for the big collection and uh, I think it's the probably I usually wait till I get home but I'm gonna I'm gonna end this now not quite home yet because we're 50 minutes into this so I think I've worn out my welcome with your attention. So what's the, dang, I don't even know what this one's about. Cold, cold November. The heat was on this morning. We finally turned the heat on the house. It got down to 68 in the house and we, we have thin blood in Arizona. So the heat's on, the fireplaces are on and, uh, Doing a little reading. So there we go. Now it's time to clean. I got my cleaning tasks to get through. So grace, mercy, and peace to you all. Morning. Amen. Morning. Morning.